Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ooh, super friends with Eric Esquivel. All right. Welcome back to Super Friends. I am Eric Esquivel, and I'm joined today by... Russ Perosic. Russ is an amazing comic book author. He wrote Collapse. You should also check out. It's pretty awesome. What publishing company put that out? Uh, Rising Sun Comics. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And we're going to talk today about Injustice, Gods Among Us. Right, yes, game, which is great because I'm super depressed, and this is the most depressing game of all time. So we're, it's. I feel like I'm right in the spirit to talk about this. I feel like cosmically, I'm ready. How how do you feel? Uh, I'm a big fan of the series, so I'm always excited to talk about it. So you know a lot about this game. It's a video game, first of all. It's the first game we've talked about in the podcast, but it has a really long, comprehensive, amazingly in-depth story. So let, let's talk about the game. So the game is kind of an Elseworld story. So it focuses on a universe where the Joker finally kind of gets one over on Superman in particular. And he basically uh, drives Superman crazy just to mess with him and by using his Joker gas, or his Joker toxin, to like uh, make Superman think that he's fighting Doomsday. And it's actually Lois. Which is, yeah, so it starts off as the most depressing thing of all time. Oh, yeah, the opening is insane. Superman beat Lois Lane to death with his bare hands because he he thought that she was Doomsday, which, like, that's overkill Doomsday, probably. Like, after the first punch, when your hand gets wet, I think you would know you're not fighting Doomsday. That's fair. They never explain why Joker targeted Superman, but I guess it's just because he's the biggest, hardest nut to crack in the DC Universe. Yeah, I think that's his... Judging by the cutscenes that I can recall, it's that Superman's actually a lot more gullible than Batman. Batman's kind of learned how to interact and what the Joker does, and Superman doesn't really know this, so he can pull one over on Superman, and he definitely does. Joker says he's gullible. That's a quote exactly from the cutscenes, because he believes in the things that he believes in. He's like, "You're a." Bo-. it's all the stuff people say about Superman. Like, you believe in goodness, what a f- narc. Yeah, pretty much. And, the, the whole Boy Scout kind and, of thing. And then he wants to prove to him there is no good, and he makes him beat his, his pregnant wife to death. And also sets off a nuclear bomb that destroys Metropolis. So I don't even get the Joker. So they're like, he's just crazy. And then this universe, he like he put a failsafe trigger on Superman's unborn fetus's heart, so that when he beat his wife to death and her baby died, an atomic bomb exploded. Like, why are these are things that are in a Superman story? It's so weird. It's like having a. Mickey Mouse commits statutory rape. It's it's like the weirdest thing to do with the Superman character in the entire world. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one because it's not the Realm Studios, which are the makers of Mortal Kombat, so they're known for overkill a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little uh, bit. To, to yeah. put it lightly, the Mortal Kombat guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, and they need a real reason for a guy like Superman is known for having a huge and almost unwavering morality. Yeah, of course. And they need something. I think you kind of need something big to make him break that morality unless you're you know making the movies why would you do that though <laughs> like what, what's what's the point of that because by the end of the story they don't have him learn anything 
he's still evil. They they defeat evil Superman by summoning good Superman, and good Superman just beats him physically with his fists. Yeah. And like, why would that make sense? Because the evil one would be like more ruthless and fight dirtier and blah 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 blah. But like, it's still just a fighting game ending. It's really weird. Yeah, it's it doesn't exactly like follow. Narrative logic always, <laughs> because again, it is a fighting game, and most of it's I think centered around wanting to have Superman and Batman fight each other and have a reason to fight each other. And why is that an obsession people have? Can you tell me? Like, is that something that's exciting to you to watch um, Batman fight Superman? Not those two in particular. I think the reason why I liked this so much is because Superman. I've I've always had a kind of a distant relationship with Superman. Sure, sure. And so, because I, I I for a long time kind of had that point of view of, like, he's a Boy Scout, he's always this moral good guy who's just going to save the world and has all the powers. So mm-hmm. he was a little boring to me until I kind of got into him further. Mm-hmm. And this one, I always liked that kind of subversion of, okay, so this is what happens when Superman finally breaks mentally. It feels like it's not a subversion, but, like, low-hanging fruit. Like, there's so many stories where it's like, what if Superman did the obvious thing? Yeah. It's like, I think feel like there's more stories in the modern era where he's like this than him being a just person and it, I don't know why there's an obsession with that and also like him fighting an urban vigilante Batman to me is interesting because no matter how many times he gets his jaw broken he resets it and goes back to work and I like watching him fail and fall and stumble and get back up again and inspire people to me like Batman should never win his first fight with someone he should always be learning and being like a, yeah I like him because he fails, but they never let him fail anymore. Yeah. And, he, and then he beats Superman with his bare hand. Like, they're all doing um, speed in the video games. Yeah, that give them, like, bulletproof powers. And it's not the Miraculo Hour Man speed, which would be cool. It would be a reference to, like, Silver Age comics. Because Hour... Remember the old Hour Man? Oh, yeah, yeah. He used to, like, pop amphetamines. And you're like, for an hour, I'm unstoppable. Yeah. And he crashes. It's not that. It's some other, like, Mortal Kombat nonsense. And they're all, like, bulletproof weirdos. And it's like, this is why Nightwing can fight Superman. This is why. Yeah. So, yeah, it, again, it's a lot of things to mm, give them a reason to fight or to make it sound seem fair. Sure, sure. And so I, I totally get where you're going with that. I think that... For a fighting game, of course that's your job. Yeah. Like, that's what you have to do, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that also it wasn't exact. I don't think it's exactly meant for people who are really deep into the knowledge of, like, Superman stories. And you're right, it is kind of low-hanging fruit because it's for a extremely widespread audience of gamers who might not even be familiar with the comics. So Okay, so they haven't seen this before. This is, like, fresh to them. Yeah, saying. it might be kind of fresh. On the, so That's I like, a very good point. So I like the idea that most people have that, I believe, inaccurate uh, view of Superman as the morality Boy Scout. Sure, sure. And so to see them do something different, I think, might be good for a lot of people. Because, I mean... You're right, it is obvious. What if Superman was bad? Doesn't it just break the character? Like, you, they don't do this for anybody else. I never see, like, what if Wonder Woman wasn't feminist? What if the Flash was slow? Like, they don't do this for anybody else but Superman. He's such, like, a confrontational character to people that it, it like, confounds me. Yeah, I, I get you on that. I, I don't necessarily understand the need for it or, like, the desire for it always. Mm-hmm. But I think it's mostly mostly a lot of people just kind of fantasy booking superheroes. Like, can Superman beat Batman in a fight? But of course not, right? Like, no. but but the reason that Batman like beats him in stories is because that would it's really fun. It's a it's a one in a million odds. But every time they fight, Batman wins. So now Superman's the underdog. Yeah, that's so weird. Every single time they fight, Batman just beats him to death. Like if it's in movies or, or cartoons or comics now or video games, like yeah. so it's not. 
exciting at all. And, and it, I feel like it breaks both characters. I think the fact that like, I would like to see Batman break his own hand on Superman's jaw. Because that, would, that be would be brave and that would be a symbolic gesture and that would be him not bowing to a god and that like and being a man like being an actual man and 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 dying before a god like that's cool to me not him beating him up yeah you know yeah i, I definitely understand that but you can't do that in a fighting game so no, of yeah, course you, that didn't happen in this game yeah you got to you got to give um equal opportunity for all the fighters or it's going to be a kind of a broken game yeah yeah and it, there's many different characters too do you, uh, what character did you play as when you were playing um i played a lot as nightwing yeah mainly because um he has kind of a double move set where he has his two escrima sticks and mm-hmm. then he can put them together to make a stash oh that's cool and i just immediately went to the staff and just would anytime anybody got close to me i just smack him with the staff and it was i was able to kind of play like a distance game with them that's awesome and so did you play for the story or more for the the awesome um fighting elements um well, when I didn't know the story, I played it just because it was a cool fighting game starring comic book characters that I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. But once I got into the story, the story became the big thing for me. Really? Because, what about the story that drew you in? Um, mainly, it was originally that whole kind of breaking of Superman. Sure. Because he's very a very strong-willed character, mm-hmm. and to see him basically shatter mentally mm-hmm. was kind of interesting because it wasn't something I don't think I'd really seen to that degree. Mm-hmm. Because now it's not only I couldn't save Lois, but now it's like, because I couldn't save Lois, I have to save everyone, and I'll do that by any means necessary. And mm. this was kind of before Superman was known as a guy who would take a life. Yeah. Before, like, the Man of Steel movie and yeah. Batman was Superman. Yeah, yeah. And so this showed him taking lives mm. and in big, bad ways and planning to take lives, like, doing it consciously. Mm. And so it, it was a different to see him as, like, this all-powerful guy who's like, well, now I'm just God, and you will deal with it, or I will destroy you. Yeah, Earth kind of becomes Krypton. It gets locked down in this weird fascist state with, like, stormtrooper police and yeah. stuff. And it, and uh, the Joker is like a Che Guevara resistance fight, like, like leader and stuff. Yeah. And that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's so weird for me to see this with a DC Universe game. But I loved Marvel vs. Capcom when I was a kid, which is such a fun, vibrant, bright, happy thing, even though they're fighting Onslaught at the end of it. Yeah. And this was like, they wanted to do Marvel vs. Capcom, and they're like, what's the next best? I guess Mortal Kombat, and then DC. It's like it's like the GoBots to the Transformers that is Marvel vs. Capcom, and it's so dark and weird. Yeah, well, it's in the same way that the the DC universe, or the, the cinematic universe and the Marvel universe are all the comparisons of the big airport scene in in Avengers Civil War or Captain America Civil War where it's bright and in the day and everybody's visible and having fun mm-hmm. and then the Suicide Squad fights in the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that like kind of contrast of Marvel movies are light and fun and DC stuff is dark and gritty and depressing. Yeah, I think because of Batman, DC became the like, comics aren't for kids anymore, mom universe yeah. and like that carries over to every different medium i would love to see like a kingdom hearts style dc role-playing game where you're like superman gathering allies in a strange world and like your power like maybe you're powerless in stage one slowly your powers are growing smallville style as you level up and like that'd be really fun that would be really fun i i agree with you i think that that stigma is kind of carried a little too far in a lot of the expanded universe stuff in the comics they're able to do a lot of nice bright daylight scenes and they they write to the characters a lot better, of course, because that's their home medium. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, they kind of pigeonhole themselves into 
that kind of depressing, dark framework in a lot of the expanded stuff. I think the weirdest part was that it all, I thought it was all the same voice actors as the cartoon, but it's not, right? No. Um, I mean, I think there might be some people who are in there. I, I can't think of all. You said Conroy, right? Uh, Con- yeah, Conroy plays, uh, plays Batman. Mm-hmm. And then uh, George Newberg plays uh, Superman, Epcard, Richard Epcard plays the Joker. And I think uh, I think it's Carrie Walgren plays Harley. Oh, really? It all sounds like the cartoon. Like, they're just doing, like, cover song versions of those voice actors. Yeah. So it's very much playing off of, like, the innocent all ages Justice League Unlimited. But then it's like, oh, now you're 30 and check this out. And, yeah. like, life is dark. Yeah, you're right. It's the like, comics aren't for kids anymore mom kind mm. of mentality that I think has carried a lot of... DC media outside of comics. So why do you think that that is so compelling to non-DC folks? Like, you're a Marvel guy. I am. And you said this game is like a wide audience thing, and a lot of people who don't even like comics like this game because the gameplay is cool and the story is really compelling to them. So what do you think the the call is from this game? What do you think the appeal is? I think the appeal is, one, you get to, you get an all-star cast. Mm-hmm. So for people who like just go, hey, the Flash and Run Fast, he's pretty cool. Yeah. They get to play the Flash. Sure. And I think the other thing is that, again, most people don't get to see Superman break like this. They don't get to see Superman the Tyrant. I mean, mm. a lot of people who've read the comics have seen similar or even near co- carbon copies of that kind of story before. Mm-hmm. But for a widespread audience, seeing Superman take over the world and, and put it into his own image because he's really upset about Lois dying mm-hmm. is not something they get to see because Superman's the 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 light in the darkness. Sure, and sure. now he is the darkness. Have you heard the term um, women in refrigerators? Yeah. So like Lois Lane is that's the definition of that oh, in this, 100%. and it's like 25 years after the first time we coined that phrase. So like Lois and her kid die off screen to make Superman's story more interesting. Yeah, which I, is pretty dumb. It is. I agree. Um, again, it's it's definitely not perfect, but I think that the overall product is is definitely compelling. Mm-hmm. And also, I I don't really like what they did to Wonder Woman in this game. Oh, why is that? Um, because. They show it as several years after the big explosion in Metropolis, mm-hmm. where Lois passed and like eight million people from Metropolis die. Sure, Superman and Wonder Woman are a couple. Yeah, and it feels like Superman becomes like the almost it almost becomes like the the Harley Joker relationship, except for without the physical abuse. There's a lot of that too. If I can like touch on that real fast, like at one point, uh, Harley's fighting the Joker. And, and her version of the Joker is dead, and she thinks this guy's just dressed up like the Joker and in poor taste, so she's fighting him. And they fight, and he hits her in the mouth, and then she's like, oh, I know it's you because you hit like him. Yeah. And then she kisses him and hugs him, and she's like, you're my Joker, and we're now together again. And like, and he's like, it's the love, right? You can feel the love. Yeah. And, and like, oh my, Jesus, Willikers. Yeah. Is I, that insane? <laughs> it's very insane. And um, a lot of it is is definitely problematic now. I mean, this is a game that's been out for probably about five or six years. And even in those five or six years, those kinds of things have been pointed out as very problematic, and they definitely are. Yeah, yeah. I, they have an arc with Carly where later she, like, uh, gives up on him. And, and she sort of, like, goes to Lex. She's still, like, this really codependent, clingy person. But, yeah. And, like, the next strongest person in the room is Lex, so she, like, becomes kind of infatuated with him. Yeah. But in this version, Lex, it's the Lex from the alternate world, and he's never committed a crime. Yeah, he's he's a very he's a very very good boy. And he's their Superman kind of like he's he's the best hero of that world. Yeah, yeah, he's he kind of plays the sidekick to Superman in this regard where he thinks Superman completely thinks he's on his side. He's never been a bad guy. He's Superman's best friend. Mm. 
And so he ends up being kind of a double agent for Batman's kind of insurgency team. That's cool. It reminds me of like old Crisis, like Alexander Luther. Yeah. Before Lex. Uh, but it's always like at a disservice to these. I don't. I would love it if it was a Lex who was a crime guy still, and then he sees Superman go off the deep end, and he's like, you know what? Like someone has to be a Superman, so I'm just gonna do it. Like I'd rather be off robbing banks and creating death rays, but like the world needs a Superman, so I'm gonna step up and have that kind of history. That'd be fun. Yeah, and yeah, because they they play it out in like the what is basically like the Earth One where. Because another big thing about this is there are alternate versions of characters all in the same place at one time. Because mm. I guess it was Batman's plan to pull members of the, the Justice League into his world from a timeline that this whole thing didn't happen to try to stop Superman. Mm. And so there's like an alternate Green Arrow, and in this universe, Green Arrow has been killed. Yeah, yeah, which is very Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and so like they do all those things. And it's just it's kind of crazy because like it gets kind of confusing, but they you know it's a it's an Elseworlds thing, so they get to play around with the Elseworlds aspect of it quite a bit. They're trying to change the costumes a little bit, where like uh, like people have white accents if they're good and black if they're bad. It's yeah. like a very on the nose. And also, Hal Jordan's the coolest, where he's the ours is a Green Lantern, and then theirs is a yellow Sinestro Corps guy. Yeah, and I, they fight, and that's pretty fun. Yeah, I think um, Hal Jordan was one of my favorite kind of character arcs in mm-hmm. the game. Sure. And actually Harley as well, but that kind of bleeds into the second game a little bit more, where she gets that whole codependent abusive relationship thing and becomes kind of her own independent entity and a full-fledged team member later on, mm-hmm. where she gets kind of that great redemption story that we all want to see for Harley, and we get to see in like comics and stuff where she's off on her own, where she's not reliant on the Joker. Sure, sure. That's cool. What If, if I was your boss and you were making this game, because you're a writer... If, if I was your editor and I was like a prude and I was like, you know what, Superman can't kill anybody. That's dorky and been done and I hate it personally. You have to find a way for these characters to fight in a Mortal Kombat style game without that narrative element. Like what what would your pitch be to me? I, I think you can do something very similar mm-hmm. because a lot of the times in this game it's like unlike Mortal Kombat where when you win a fight you murder someone. <laughs> the fatality, finish him. This one it's. You win, and then they collapse. Mm. So they get to do kind of that fam- more family-friendly element anyways. And I think it'd be more just imprisonment and manipulation instead of just flat-out Superman shooting lasers through Shazam's face. Yeah, yeah. What would your inciting incident be? If I if I was like, you can't have Le- or Clark beat Le- a pregnant Lois to death with his bare hands. Ooh, that's a good good question. Why would they be fighting? Um, I You know what? I don't know if I have an answer to that one. That's a really good question. I think there's a lot of options mm-hmm. You could go with either just some kind of inciting incident with a big supervillain trying to do something where they have a huge philosophical difference in what needs to be done. So, you know, Doomsday taken over and Superman wants to imprison him. Batman thinks he needs to be, like, sent to the Phantom Zone. Mm -hmm. Something like that that could spark, like, a big conflict between the characters. Because that is the big thing is the it splits the Justice League characters kind of down the middle. Sure, sure. Where some people are helping Batman, some people are in total fear and kind of... Yeah, just fear for their own lives mm-hmm. working with Superman. Sure, sure. I think I would have Brainiac be part of it. I would have him capture all of the cities that we know from DC, and then everybody would fight for the life of their city. So Batman would have fight Superman to save Gotham versus saving Metropolis. And it would be like, a if you don't fight, I'm going to blow up both of these bottles that I have. And if one of you wins, you save an entire city. 
and have that be the narrative element. See, they did go in, like, Brainiac is a big part of the second game. I haven't, so this morning I watched all the cutscenes for the first game, and I know fair. nothing about, there's, uh, f- like, six years of comics based yeah. on this one video game, which is very impressive, and there's one or two sequels? Yeah, there's, um, they're currently, I think, in the first or second, like, quote-unquote season of the Injustice 2 comic which um, I haven't read enough of. I want to get back into it because I really loved what Tom Taylor was doing. I know that someone adaptation. shot someone with Kandorian people bullets. Like yeah. put tiny little Kandorians in a gun and then shot a dude, which is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> and then uh, I know that the new version of Injustice, the game, has Hellboy yep. and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they haven't. the turtles haven't been released yet, but I'm really interested to see where they're going to go which with that. Which is radical. Cowabunga, dude. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Turtle power. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of the sequel. I think the story is a little more uh, kind of contained in the first game. Because the second game is all about they're still fighting and everybody's working to get Superman out so he can continue his work. Mm. And Batman's still trying to keep everything under control. And then Brainiac shows up and kind of ruins everything. Mm. Oh, Brainiac's in it? Yeah, Brainiac is the basically the main antagonist that kind of brings the group back together. Mm. What's his goal? Um Originally, it was his goal was to capture Superman because he's already captured Krypton, and him and Kara are like kind of like the last remnants of Krypton. Mm. Supergirl is a main character in this one. Oh, that's cool. And so he wants Superman, and then he finds out that there's not only Superman but Supergirl there, and then he's like, "I'm just gonna take all of Earth." Mm. So now it's saving Earth from Brainiac. So why are they fighting each other? Uh, they were originally fighting each other for the same reasons that they were in the first game. Where Superman still has that same belief, like you like you said earlier, he doesn't learn anything. At the end of the first game, he's in prison under like red sun radiation. Yeah, so there's still kind of Superman's regime with Wonder Woman and Black Adam, and they they. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, I know, right? So like they do the same exact thing at the beginning, and it's they, but it's Black Adam. And, but yeah, it's just like that group still is trying to break Superman out of prison. Okay. And Batman's trying to keep him in prison. And then they break him out, but then Brainiac comes in, and they kind of form a like an, a timid alliance with Superman and Batman's groups to mm. kind of like, all right, let's take out Brainiac, and then we can resolve our issues. So they're like straight villains that you fight in the game. Um, there's some like there's different different faction led by Gorilla Grodd. But that's awesome. Yeah, Grodd is pretty great in that game. Cool, cool. That sounds more like just a. This one felt like a story someone had, like really wanted to tell and felt like they were like really edgy and awesome. Yeah. The second one sounds to me more like just excuses for fighting, which is sort of fine. For- yeah, I, I think it's kind of better when it's excuses for fighting. <laughs> the story doesn't have to be a masterpiece to get all the pieces in place. I mean, hopefully you tell something good, but when it's when your goal is get 30, 30 characters together to beat the crap out of each other, sure. that's kind of the main point. Yeah. And so I kind of agree with that. The first one is... I need to tell this cool Superman story I have, and here's my way to do it. Hmm. So this is the first game that we've done on this on this podcast, and I don't really play games uh, just because I feel like I get obsessed with them and then I won't write, which is my day job when I'm not podcasting. I'm writing comic books. <laughs> and so if I play video games, it'll like absorb all my time. But I, I like them a lot. I really, really respect them as a medium. What do you think it is about games that are different than uh, comics? As far as like receiving information, um, I think it's, or, or cartoons or movies too. I think it's agency. So explain that to me. Um, as a reader of a comic or a viewer of a movie or a TV show, you're watching things happen to people that you have no impact on whatsoever. Sure, you're watching it for pure entertainment value, and it's like this is what these people are doing. 
that's great. I'm enjoying watching this. With video games, the character is you in a way. Mm-hmm. You're whether you're on rails or in an open world, you're impacting the world that you're in. Mm-hmm. And so you're watching an interactive film that has the ability for you to change it. Sure. Do you feel emotional resonance when you complete tasks in a game? Uh, generally, not much more than satisfaction. Because mm-hmm. if something's particularly challenging, you feel good about being able to overcome that challenge. Sure, sure. Um, sometimes there are certain games or certain moments that will affect you emotionally through like a moment of pride or of sadness of like a moment happening or just awe of, I can't believe they just did that thing. Sure, sure. In, which, the, in the narrative part, like yeah, in the cutscenes? Yeah, like... Um, it's more in the com- they show it in the comic, but in the the opening sequence of Injustice where Superman kills the Joker, in the comic they show him straight up punching a hole through his chest. Sure, sure. Which that impacted me more than seeing it in the game because I was like, that's just a visceral reaction to a really violent act. Sure, sure. But that kind of thing, if shown correctly with enough setup, can like a good movie or book really affect you. In the game, were you ever forced to play as a character that you didn't empathize with? Um, kind of Deathstroke. Sure. Because he's just, in, in both instances, he's just an assassin. Hmm. How did your playing as him affect your feeling towards the character? Um, I felt more ambivalence, whereas more I connected more with Batman trying to overcome the tyrant or hmm. even Superman trying to protect what he loved, which is the world. Were you good at Deathstroke, like playing him? Yeah, but that's because his mechanics were kind of broken. Okay, so that, I feel like that is the key to this, because if it feels like... He's too easy. He can dispatch his enemies too easily. Yes. Then you f- you feel like, oh, this guy's a dick. Like, yeah. Like it's too. He, he's just he's cheating. It's too easy. He has a machine gun versus the Flash. Like that's yeah. that's cheating. Do you think that if he, it was harder, like if if you thought Deathstroke was an as a jerk, and then you had to play as him, and it was really hard to defeat a superhero, do you think you would feel more like empathy towards an underdog? Yeah. That's interesting. Because right? the, the connection of the challenge uh, and that avatar, you kind of you kind of form a bond. Yeah, for whatever you go through. So if, especially in narrative-driven games, you feel major bonds towards your protagonist because you're going through these crazy huge events with them and overcoming these events as them, kind mm-hmm. of. But your actions are fueling them, so you you feel like you're doing the thing. I like that, and I feel like you see that in fan bases too, where like Castlevania is really hard. Uh, like I, thus I'm showing my age. Like an SNES, like Castlevania game that like I loved, and it was really hard. But people like they felt like they lived it, and like it was like their Vietnam when you're yeah. like going to third grade, and you're like I beat it, it was amazing. Whereas like the the ease with which you could play a Sonic game, like you're just whipping through really fast, like that. He sort of, and when they made cartoons later in comics, he was like an arrogant sort of turd yeah. because that's how you see his life it's really easy and carefree and fast and stuff yeah like, Sonic runs fast and he gets rings and he's he's great and that contrast I think is funny I think it's, I think that's why people don't like Superman too because like if you play as Superman in the game right isn't he like you have to like beat the game a million times to get him you can't start off playing Superman in uh, this game well right? yeah you can you can yeah um Basically, if you go to like a player versus player or a player versus computer screen, Superman's one of the first playable characters. And that is a thing I think I had a problem with when I was younger before I really understood more of the nuances of Superman as, mm-hmm. a, as a character and as a person. Mm-hmm. Where it was just like, he's broken because he has all the powers. Mm-hmm. And in this game, you do have a lot of powers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can shoot your lasers, you got your frost breath, you're super strong, mm-hmm. you're, you can fly. Like, you can do all these crazy things. So I think that that's a really good point that... A lot of people are just kind of bored with Superman because he does all the things. Mm. 
and it's hard to root for a guy who can just solve any problem by either having a new power, which is how they used to do it in the comics back in the day, or by having them all to begin with. People say that a lot. Superman always fought guys who were like, he's stronger than any human, but he never fights humans, so it's yeah. never an issue. I'm stronger than every puppy. You know what I mean? Like, there's a different species. Like, yeah, it's I really, get that. it's really interesting. We're like, like Mixius Pitalik, like, there's, he can't touch that guy. And like, every alien that Superman fights, like, Lobo is stronger than he is. Yeah. Like, everyone else is stronger. Everyone from the special world is, is as strong or stronger than he is. And everyone from the mundane world of Clark Kent, he could like punch a hole through, but like, who, he would never do that. It's yeah. never a thing. Uh, Steve Lombard challenges him, maybe, but that's all. <laughs> um, yeah, so Superman is a character that you came to later in life. Yeah. And what was the first thing that made you think about him twice? Um, it was mostly because I don't typically read a lot of DC. I, I try to more often now especially. <laughs> but it was just seeing... I can't remember the exact issue or series that it was, but it's just seeing more of Superman in media and seeing the different versions of him and going back to the comics and, and seeing the immigrant story... And kind of the adoption story, mm -hmm. and just the the kind of story of a guy who is put somewhere without his permission or consent, and going, but I love this place, mm -hmm. and I'm going to help. And I thought the same thing about Captain America for a long time, where I was like, this guy is a dude with a big flag flying, and you know, don't curse, buy war bonds. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And I was like, that's funny. That's not a thing that I'm interested in because there's no flexibility in like a in morality or in ethics. Sure, sure. And but as you kind of dig deeper as into the character, as a kid, you were thinking about like flexibility and morality. And well, ethics? as like a teenager, I would sure, say. Sure, sure. Like so, like fifteen, probably somewhere around there. Like you, you kind of see them, and you're like this. I mean, I don't think I was as clear clear about it then. It was yeah. more like he's boring. It's stupid. Sure. What were the first comics? Th I've never seen you not in a Deadpool shirt. Every time I see you or a sweater, and I love Deadpool, and I you do too. too, and that's awesome. Uh, but you say that Superman's overpowered, and so it wasn't interesting, but Deadpool is the most overpowered. He can regenerate from anything. He's good at everything. He can break the fourth wall. Like, and I love him, and you love him, and people love him. No one ever says that he's overpowered. Why um, is that? I think it's because Superman's draw was kind of that, you know, he's empowered by the sun, and so he gets this extra strength. And Deadpool's power powers weren't necessarily the thing that draws people to him. I think Deadpool's personality is what dead I mean, at least it's what drove him to me like drove me to him. Is he was funny. I sure, like funny sure. things and he's definitely overpowered. I can mm -hmm. totally agree with you in the same way that I think Wolverine's overpowered. Is it a different genre of storytelling? Like is Deadpool a comedy book and not a superhero book? I think it's a superhero comedy book for sure. Whereas Superman's a little more dramatic. And like self serious? Yeah. And that, that and that's what's not enticing? I think that might be part of it, is that I I tend to flock towards more things that are humorous, and so that that hit that button for me. Whereas Superman doesn't necessarily check, doesn't necessarily do the same thing. Why is the, there always a Superman Batman debate then? Like, because he's not funny. Um, I think it's because Superman and Batman are they kind of feel like two sides of the same coin. Where Superman is the hero, Batman's kind of an anti-hero hmm. because. Superman won't beat somebody up unless he has to. Sure, sure. Where Batman will beat a dude up because he feels he has to because he's the dark and brooding guy. He thinks, he assumes the worst in a lot of people, where sure. Superman doesn't. 
Batman is a is punitive. He wants to punish you, and yes. Superman wants to redeem you, and save. And Superman wants to save you. It's a Batman's a cop, and Superman's a firefighter. Exactly. I think that's a really really good way to put it. Well, on that note, let's take a break. Bam. All right, so we're back. So we're talking about Batman being a, a cop, Superman being a firefighter. The difference between like punitive heroes and rescuing heroes. Uh, you're a Marvel guy primarily, you said, right? Yeah, mostly. Which Marvel guys? Like, what was your first Marvel book or the one that you were most excited about? Um, it was always Spider-Man for me. That's cool. I like the red and blue guys, man. They're awesome. So what what was about Spidey that you liked the most? Um, Spidey, it was more of an ability to connect to his kind of personality and humanity, where I think I strayed away from Captain America for a long time because I couldn't connect with him because, again, it was a moral and kind of ethical flexibility Captain America didn't seem to make mistakes. Despite, oh, okay. okay. Captain America did the thing, and he did it right. He threw his shield, and it bounced off a wall three times because he wanted it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Spider-Man tried to shoot a web shooter and get a guy, and he missed, and then he got punched in the face. That's interesting. I'm sort of obsessed with the idea currently that like there are a couple kinds of different types of stories and and like one of them is the individual and how cool an individual is and that's something that teenagers are really into and young people stories like Batman being the he's the most awesomest at everything is the awesomest detective the awesomest <laughs> karate guy uh, Deadpool certainly fits in that category he's great with a gun and a sword and a chimichanga and he's the funniest and he he's is a martial artist and he can heal like individuals being amazing and superheroes definitely fit in that category a lot of the time. But then there's this other type of hero that is about context and, and historical legacy and like where we are as a society or a people. And like Superman talks about the immigrant situation, like well, being an immigrant, being an American. Captain America talks about being an American and, and, and a man's place in history and like what you should do and how you should conduct yourself. The X-Men are about legacy and, and uh being like differently abled or being other in America and how you're treated. And it feels like almost different genres. And as I, I think as a little kid, me being into that other side of heroes, that, that historical context put me at odds with my friends who are more into the like individualist. Yeah. Because they're where it's like the, I see what's going on in again in the historical context or as versus like, they look cool. Yeah, yeah. He's got a big sword. Yeah. <laughs> and like that was never, I don't know why that was never interesting to me. I guess I was a kid who was trying to find where he belonged. So I was like, well, well the Superman was two. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The, more than any other hero that I could ever read about. Like he was trying to find where he belonged. And that led me to real life stuff and fiction stuff. And that was fun. Yeah. And I think that I definitely come at it from a different perspective. And I mean, I can easily check my privilege here. I'm a I'm a white man who grew up in the Midwest mm -hmm. in a primarily white neighborhood, so those issues weren't issues for me. Sure. So I don't think that I connected or resonated with a lot of those issues because I just didn't notice them, and as a just a product of my upbringing. Do you, that's really interesting. So do you think that like the individual worship in that community is about like standing out? Like if, if everyone you know is kind of on equal footing and kind of the same, like how do I like Deadpool stands out, Batman stands out. In a sea of white dudes, these guys are like even whiter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like however that works. I, I think that's definitely true because if you need to find your place in the world, you're gonna gravitate towards things that help you find that. Sure, if sure. you already feel confident in your place in the world, you want to find a way to set yourself apart. Yeah, yeah. Or if you like, I guess I feel like I already stood out, and that wasn't interesting to me. I wanted to fit in. Yeah. So then the X Men and Superman and stuff sort of like made more sense to me that way. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. And when when you already kind of have a place in the world, you're trying that doesn't interest you. Mm -hmm. So you find something interesting 
to kind of move towards and characters like Deadpool with his ridiculous jokes and healing factor and stuff like that seem more interesting when that's not a thing that you can connect with at all. Sure, sure. Well, so let's talk about your writing. Uh, how does the stuff that you grew up reading affect you today as an author, as a working person? Um, I read... Uh, Douglas Adams is my literary and just all-around hero, so I always try to find humor in almost almost everything I write. Cool. Um, I'm a big fan of comedy and anything comedic, so I always I don't know if I'm particularly funny, but I try to be. <laughs> That's funny. Why do you not think that you're particularly funny? Um, just I don't get a lot of experience in trying to be funny. I just I will make jokes in the moment and I'll get laughs mm-hmm. and. I'll go, okay, I guess that was funny, but I don't really... You don't I, write jokes, though. I don't really write jokes. Like, I'm not a comedian, and I don't pretend to be one. Yeah, I love Larry David, who's never written a joke in his life, but he's situationally funny. Like, sitcom stuff See, is situationally funny. funny is the exact way I have talked about myself being funny for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I can make a joke in the moment if it's if I find something to say, but I'm not going to tell you a joke. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three guys walking to a bar. One's a mutant. One's a Kryptonian. One's yeah. a rabbi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not going to come up with that kind of... I'm not going to come up with a punchline. I'm going to just say a thing and hope it's funny. Sure, sure. But the book that you wrote that came out recently wasn't a comedy, uh, but there's, like, comedic element. Like, there, there's, like, thank God there's levity here moments in it. Yeah, um, and I think that comes... I think um, I have a writing partner with that book, um, mm-hmm. Richard Foster, who is incredible. On Collapse, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, on Collapse. collapse. And so I think that a lot of that levity... I feel like it comes from me. I mean, he's also, he can also be a funny person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take that away from him, but I feel like in those moments, I try to make jokes as a way to relieve pressure and tension. Sure, sure. And I think I maybe just try to do that in life in general because I'm rather awkward socially. <laughs> I don't think that's the case, but that's probably because I'm worse. Uh, so, Injustice isn't a game that is funny at all. No. <laughs> and this is your favorite Superman thing, so that's really interesting to me. Like, wh- why was this the thing that stood out to you um, for Superman? For me, it's always that I always try to, I'm always attracted to things that are out of the ordinary. So kind of the weirder, the better for me. Mm-hmm. I like Deadpool because he's weird and funny and different. Mm-hmm. And I liked the Superman story because for me, at least, as like one of my first exposures to this, it was weird and different. Oh, that's cool. So how so? Um, well, I didn't have a ton of experience with Superman as kind of the antagonist. Oh, sure, sure. So seeing Superman instead of as the guy saving the world, he's still doing that in a different way, but mm-hmm. he's the guy who everyone's trying to stop. Sure, sure. And it's he's a great like, villain in this piece because he, he has morals and he has a reason and like he's dedicated to the cause and he has a great motivation where he's like, I, no one will ever get hurt again because I refuse to allow there to be a world where you can get hurt. Yes. <laughs> so nobody owns a gun. Nobody can throw a punch. Nobody can swear or I will kill you. Yeah. And, and that's like really uh, realistic. Like there are politicians that just feel that way. Yeah. Like I will save the world by making it impossible for you to like defy me. Like, ah, I, I guess like I, I believe that you believe that. Yeah. And I think that for me, at least when I, experience it because i grew up on comics and then i dropped off for a really long time what age um i think um like i probably read it up until my teens and then as i kind of got into my mid to late teens i dropped off for video games and music and kind of general general teenager stuff superheroes still uh, did you ever did you give up on superheroes as a medium um i didn't really give up i just kind of genre. drifted away yeah more 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 or less no declarative like dropping your spider-man costume in a trash can and walking away no it's yeah. it's not that i didn't like comics i just didn't read them as much gotcha. just... and then 
probably um, a few years later, probably in my mid, early to mid twenties, I kind of got back into it through video games and through different mediums. Through this game? Uh, not this game in particular, but um, like X Men Legends. Oh yeah, Joe Casey and Man of Action Studios wrote for that. Yeah, yeah um, I really liked that format where you kind of got to play as a bunch of different things. And yeah, it was the best. Those are some of my favorite games. Like Marvel Ultimate Alliance is a game that I'm still trying to find that isn't ridiculously expensive. I don't remember what that one was. Um, the, the I remember the second one more that was more focused around the um, superhero registration act. Oh, it's like an RPG, like Final Fantasy. Yeah, and. I think um, Civil War actually was one of the books that got me full-fledged back in. That's a great book. Super yes. Great. Um, I actually remember finding as much as I could the way to read almost all of not only the series, but the supplemental stuff, sure, too. Sure, sure, sure. That's when you're, like, deep and yeah. you're, like, scratching your veins in the comic exactly. story. You're like, what's Power Man doing right now? Like, yeah, like, how does Howard the Duck fit into this? Yeah, like, where, where's that, like, third, like... Punisher War Journal for this super so Civil good. War tie-in that I need so to have. I don't know why I need it, but I do. <laughs> and so once I got into that, I'm like, well, this is super Civil War is a fantastic story. Mm. And so I was like, okay, now I can tell that stories are being told still really well, and so I want to find more of these. That's funny. Again, not humorous material at all, which is really interesting to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I find I try to find moments, but I like. Everybody likes kind of both. Yeah, yeah. I guess Punisher during that era was sort of like black humor, like dark yeah. comic. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And there's also any, anything that's a little different. Like, super, again, it was kind of the same way that everybody's obsessed with Batman and Superman fighting each other. Everybody's obsessed with Captain America and Iron Man fight each other because they're very, like, different personalities. Hmm, sure, sure. It's it's the heart and soul of America versus, you know, it, it's like the World War II version of America versus the modern era. Yeah. Where you're like, how much money can I make? Yeah, it's a captain of industry against a guy who's fighting for the people. Yeah, yeah. And like the Iraq War versus World War II. Yeah. Like as people, it's sort of interesting too. Yeah. Do you have a Superman pitch that you have in your back pocket or do you not think like that? Um, I tend not to, but like, I think one of the things would kind of be um, not quite similar to Inju- like something like Injustice, but it would be something that would really throw finding a way to throw Superman off of his game, where some inciting incident. It doesn't have to be you know the murder of a whole city, but something that psychologically tests Superman. Because a lot of times people try to it feels like they try to physically test him. Mm-hmm. They want to be stronger than Superman or have an ability that can neutralize Superman's physical powers. Mm-hmm. But I don't see as much of somebody trying. To take them down mentally. Sure, sure. A lot of his villains are based that way. They're like Brainiac and like they have names like Brainiac. Yeah, maybe, maybe I just <laughs> don't have as much experience, but I think you're probably right. But that's where I would want to lean. Sure, sure. I would love to drop him in Candor, that bottled city, yeah. and have them all have powers, but have him not have powers there for some reason. Like have them be powered by different elements, and then have like the narrative device would be that every beginning of the issue he looks at one of the scars he has on his body from one of his fights with like ultra humanite or lex or metallo and he like remembers how he got his butt kicked and then he applies that as a batman style man towards like a kryptonian mafia or something like yeah. in candor that'd be fun that would Make be him fun. batman for a minute yeah like that's the other thing is take take the power from superman and find out who he really is yeah he's, he's a guy of indomitable will who's always prepared like a boy scout and yeah. has a bunch of life experience and very spiritual guy, and yeah, I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, because I mean, I I think Power Set is a really, at least from an outside perspective of somebody who doesn't read a lot of Superman, mm-hmm. that's the dominant force of 
antagonism for Superman. And so I think we know he w- who he would be without powers, though. It's just Clark Kent. Like he wouldn't be a fighter. He wouldn't be a cop. He wouldn't be a he wouldn't be like a judo champion. He hates violence. He doesn't know how to fight. Like in Man of Steel, the reason he had to kill is because he never threw a punch before. Like he just slap fought people with incredible powers and yeah. like, just shoved them and like cried on them. Like he's not a martial arts master. He wouldn't waste a minute of his life learning how to make a fist. He doesn't have to, you know. Yeah, and I think especially if you take, you let him have his powers, and then you take them away. Figure out how he can be a hero, because I mean he's going to be a hero regardless. That's. But I don't think he'd be a superhero though. I think he'd be a journalist. I think he'd be a pacifist. I think he would feel such relief that he wouldn't have to fight, that he would love to just write and picket and protest and like be a, an active American citizen. But I don't think for a minute Clark without powers would put on a utility belt. It seems so opposite of his character. I agree with that. Yeah. So I, I, that's what I think what I'd like to see most is more Clark. Sure, sure. Because yeah. the same way, like I want to see, I like Bruce more than Batman. Yeah. Uh, because Bruce is the guy he has to affect change in a certain way, where Batman can build a machine or a weapon and stop somebody. Bruce can't do that because he's a person. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So he has to like go out and actually like engage with people. And engage stuff. people, affect, find a way to affect change without putting on a suit. It'd be a nice era to have like a, a hero journalist for sure. Yeah, like a lot of the credibility has been taken away from that field. Like whether it's valid or not, people don't really respect reporters anymore. So to have that, that'd be pretty awesome. Have him be like an ultra reporter. <laughs> yeah, have him put on like like a Karen Page kind of style, like in like the Marvel series where like Karen Page affects yeah. change by being a good reporter. Sure, sure. Finding a way to have Clark do that and help people while, you know, just finding out what people are doing and putting, trying to find a way to help people. I always like uh, the Oracle character from the 90s Batman. Or oh, Barbara Oracle's Gordon. great. I, would, I think that Clark could play that role just as easily as like Deep Throat. Like, yeah. There, there should be someone called like, you know, Deep Throat and like, you don't know for like eight years that it's Superman that's feeding information to like the Teen Titans Justice League and stuff and like affecting change and inspiring people and then, oh my God, it's Clark at the end. It'd be amazing. That, that was, that's a really interesting idea. I like that a lot. And he can like, and he knows everything, but he, he does, he can't tell you why. But it's because he has super hearing and X-ray vision, and he's like the ultimate reporter. That'd be really fun. That would be really fun. He's like the the Chelsea Manning of the DC universe, the kind of just the ultimate whistleblower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Snowden style. It'd be awesome, awesome. So, do you have any superhero stories in your pocket that you're thinking about? Like, uh, you did a, a post-apocalypse survival story with mutants in it, which is awesome. Yeah, and I think that. Um, I mean, I have, like, random superhero pitches. Like, I had an idea for, like, just... It's most, mostly about getting people, groups of characters together that are kind of disparate and finding ways to see them interact. I like... Despite the fact I'm kind of a socially awkward person, I like seeing social interaction hmm. and finding and differences in social interaction. So someone who is really positive... Finding a way to work with someone who is very dismissive. Sure, sure. And so, if like, it's like like team books are interesting. Too. Yeah, team books are interesting because you get to this kind of different personalities, kind of all meshing together and trying to find a way to work within like one society. Sure, sure. As a guy who likes Superman and likes Deadpool, what does superhero mean to you? What is a superhero? Um, it. I think it varies because. Like for, with those two examples, Deadpool's a guy who will get the work done because he needs to. Superman will get the. It feels like he was more of the guy who, who wants to. Mm-hmm. Deadpool doesn't necessarily always want to, but he'll do it. Sure, sure. Superman wants to help and save and help humanity thrive because that's what he loves. Sure, sure. So that's, I think a superhero is someone who does what they can for what they love. 
That's really great. That's a great response. It's interesting because I think a lot of folks see him as being burdened by responsibility, Superman. Like, even in the, in the cutscenes for this game, he's like, my responsibilities don't end at the border of my dimension. And he, like, comes to a different dimension to save people. Yeah. And, like, that's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I can see where they, that comes from. I don't. I never really took that. Mm-hmm. I always felt that because of the love that he was shown as a child coming into, you know, Kansas, being raised by the Kents, he showed that people are good mm-hmm. as long as you let them be good. That's and great. sure, that's not necessarily always the case. Yeah. But he can be there to help that when that's there. And so if you let people be good and let them thrive, it's going to be great. I love that perspective. That's really beautiful, man. I like that a lot. Because I, I think that I often think of him as some a guy who feels like uh, he has to do... like his. He thinks people should do whatever they can, and since he can do a lot, he has to do a lot. But your idea of him just being like happy for the privilege to help is really—it's more Supermanly. I like that a lot. Yeah, I know that. Um, there's a line in the one of the first cutscenes of the game that I think that kind of brings about that kind of burden. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's what the game, the the kind of the way the game comes at it, where he's burdened by responsibility because mm-hmm. he's fighting somebody, and somebody just goes. Clark feels like he has to do it all himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, he forgets that there are other people in the Justice League. Yeah. Because I I think they try to kind of make it out to, like, where Clark's not here for the Justice League. Mm -hmm. The Justice League is there when they need him, but he doesn't really need them. Sure, sure. Because he can do it all, and he will do it all. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's the right way to go about it. I think he's thrilled to have people there who can help him. That's great. I like that. And that's why he wouldn't turn evil, because he'd have... Like you were mentioning earlier, people have different perspectives to bounce ideas off of yeah. and work with as a team. Yeah. I think I think the injustice comes from a lot of the Batman perspective. Yes. Which is, what would happen if this thing that I feared forever came true? Yeah. Ex- yeah, it's really, really uh, poignant. Yeah, I, I guess even the title does, right? Yeah. God's Among Us. Like, Superman's not saying that. Flash no. isn't saying that. That's a Bruce Wayne perspective. Yeah, so it's like, what if... Superman broke and and finally turned, and they even say it at the end, where super, like it's Clark, the Clark from the universe where this didn't happen, says I don't know if I would have wouldn't have done the same thing that this Clark did if this happened to me, and they're just like we'll be glad we don't have to find out because mm-hmm. Batman's like I will stop you because mm-hmm. Batman's prepared, but he never doesn't always need to be. Sure, he even tells him like. Clark, like he's talking to the evil Clark, and he's like, Superman, crime took my family from me too, and I didn't turn into a Hitler. And yeah. he's like, yeah, but you weren't the gun. And that's like, yeah. dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a kind of like overdramatic tension. That <laughs> it's the thing that's fueled Batman for the rest of his life, and sure, Clark hadn't really had to deal with that, but he also dealt with knowing that his whole planet was destroyed. Sure, sure. So like he's felt similar, if not worse, loss. Mm-hmm. And... For a long time, it didn't break him either. So, Global genocide, yeah. Yeah, so, like, Bruce doesn't quite take that into perspective, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. What could break Bruce? If losing Lois at his own hand could break Clark, what could break Bruce? I think I think you'd have to take Gotham from him. Oh, the whole city? Find, do something similar to what Joker did to Metropolis. If you, if his whole thing is protecting Gotham, which is most of what he feels that he needs to do. Mm-hmm. It, what is he? What is Batman without Gotham? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I thought it might be corrupting the symbol too, but they did that in the movies, and that was sort of like yeah. I mean, if you take if you take the because I'm one of the believers of this very popular kind of thing where it's Bruce Wayne isn't the Batman isn't the mask Bruce Wayne is. Sure, sure. And I I believe that. And so if you 
take the bat away from or Gotham away from the bat, there's no one, there's no bat necessary. And who is he without the bat? Yeah, I think maybe if he passed on the legacy to someone else and then they effed it up, that, yeah. that's what I think would break it. Like if he passed on to Terry McGinnis and Terry McGinnis immediately snapped the neck of, of, a, of a purse snatcher, I think that Bruce would uh, go to extreme measures to make sure that not, no one could ever be Batman again because the symbol was dead. And then he had to like do it himself. For- yeah. That, that, that makes sense, too. Like, if Batman's whole morality clause is that he doesn't kill and then somebody in a bat suit kills, yeah, yeah. that and, kind of does present a problem. Yeah, and because it, it's Batman, did it, not Bruce. And yeah. It's like, oh, I have to fight. Now Bruce Wayne versus Batman would be interesting. That story. would be interesting. Yeah. Well, this has been great, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Of course. It. I love this. I was really apprehensive. I was like, oh, the video game? And I watched the cutscenes and, like, talked to you, and it's, it's a really deep nuanced story like way more than you would think from the Mortal Kombat guys yeah so I would highly recommend it to anybody rolling their eyes right now to check it out it's really good yeah and even if you don't want to play a fighting game which I can totally understand yeah watch at least some of the cutscenes and, and, and the comics you said are great yeah too. the comics are really good uh, Tom Taylor um, did several years of the first they kind of did like a year one two three four five for the first game sure and I think Taylor did the first three years, and then Bucciolato, Brian Bucciolato came in into the last two. Cool. And then Taylor came back for uh, the Injustice 2 comic books. Cool. And what I've read of it, I need to catch up again, because I love this universe in a, it, for his weird, not always logical ways. And I, I think it's a really enjoyable read, especially because the, the beginnings of the Injustice 2, or the Injustice comics, were like 12 pages. Oh. So they were really short as just ways to supplement the, the material oh, from the game. it was a digital only. Like, yeah, it was a digital only for cents. a long time. And then I yeah. think they eventually would gather a bunch together or release like an issue of like Interesting. of like three and then would keep doing it that way until it became like a regular yeah. like full issue series. And so it's self-contained. It doesn't have like a billion tie-ins like Civil War or something. You can just read that and you can, it's, you can, it can be your only DC comic you ever read and you would get it. Yeah, I mean you might not get what like you would with like a, a Earth One kind of story where you're really seeing true canon because this is canon. This is Injustice Universe canon. Sure, sure. But it's still a really good way to see these characters and what they can do. That's cool, man. And speaking of comics, where can people find you online so they can read your comics, which they should? Um, you can find me um, on Twitter at uh, rsperozik. That is spelled R-S-P-I-R-O-Z-E-K. Mm-hmm. You can also go to risingsuncomics.com, which is my publisher's website. Uh, you can buy the my book Collapse on Amazon, uh, Comicsology, Drive Through Comics, and through the 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 company's website. Very cool, very cool. And thank you again to Meltdown Comics for having us. Appreciate it. And if you guys get a chance, sign that petition uh, to help lock this building down for Meltdown, so they don't have to move. Because there's some greedy Lex Luthor types who are trying to take over the building and install uh, who knows, just like a meat grinder for nerds. And we don't we don't Meltdown instead. This is a great place. The community we want to save this place. So sign that petition. Yeah, absolutely. This Meltdown is probably one of my favorite places in the world mm-hmm. and so we definitely want to keep it here in the multiverse exactly dum 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 alright bye everybody Ooh, super friends with Eric Esquivel Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky? in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.